if you have a goal to build something, whether that goal is financially based or business based, you want to build something and you want to build it large and you want to do it quick. The amount of time that you dedicate towards that is going to look very different than the person who wants to build something over the next 20 years and a little bit slower. Hi, baby. Hop in the Lamborghini. Uh, I'm needy. I'm me only. I'm needy. Uh, hi, baby. Hop in the Lamborghini. Ladies and gentlemen, today is another amazing guest of mine. Um, Stroke of Success is a podcast, as you guys know, that is um, for entrepreneurs with special stories, special you know situations. And gentlemen, in front of us here, I have I came across him. He interviewed Danny Morrell three years ago. My favorite podcast of all time. One of my top, top three. The question you're asking, Mikey, and Daniel answering back and forth. Amazing podcast. ABI was the name, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so ever since then, I started following you. And your story was just... So let's get right into it. Uh, uh, Mikey, thank you for jumping on and giving me the time. You're a busy guy. Thank you for being here. Stroke success. You're, well, yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Mikey, tell us where you're from. Where are you born and raised, man? Uh, born and raised in Southern California. Uh, that's this is the only place I've ever lived. But I had a a fourteen year career as a professional skateboarder, and so I traveled about six months each year, uh, okay. all around the world. So I've okay. I've seen it all, uh, but I've only lived here. Okay, cool. Let's talk about that. Like, how, what year? How, how old were you when you got into skateboarding? Started skating when I was 12, uh, did that for fun until, uh, gosh, about 16, 17 is when I first got sponsored. And then by 19, I was uh, being paid as an amateur skater. And then when I was 20, I turned pro. So a lot of money coming in, fame, popularity, local hero, state hero, probably even national hero by now. Yeah. You know what? In the beginning, it was uh, it wasn't a lot of money, small money in the beginning, uh, small fame in the beginning because ske- the skateboard industry is pretty small back then, but it started growing pretty fast. And then, you know, we started making a little bit of money and, you know, name recognition or not- notoriety uh, increased. And then it it all kind of went from there. Um, Tony Hawk, huge in your world, right? Yeah. Tony was like the first one to break over yes. in, or cross over outside of skateboarding and into, sure. yeah. Right. Becoming like a household name. Number two was I forget his name. He has podcast. He's just like you, super talented, super. He was Danny Morell. He was he did his uh, mastermind. What's his name? Another uh, skater who was a entrepreneur. Rob Deerdick. Yes. My yeah. Name. Yeah. Rob Deerdick. He's a monster. He's a monster. You know. So I, I put you with their names in my mind. That's why you're that level. You know. God bless you for doing it. Um, so tell about a little bit about that story. Like, I mean, was it crazy partying you'd be invited to? I mean, was it stuff like old, you know, out of the world type of life? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, there was, yes, there was a lot of parties that, that were going on and there was a lot kind of happening in like the skate industry. But for me, like I was, I was always really focused on what I was here to accomplish. And so, uh, my mission was always like be the best that I could be and build my name to be the largest. And so uh, I kind of stayed away from a lot of the stuff that was going on, but uh, unfortunately I had a lot of people around me that got caught up in it and, you know, 
I watched their careers last not that long. Yeah. Like, this is Hollywood. I said, right before you, I was interviewing Hollywood actor Antonio Subada Jr. Same thing he told me. Like, you 10 of them go in a room and two of them come out and uh, people just lose, lose themselves, right? Right. Threatening, gluttony, right. and all that good stuff. That right. stuff, by the way. Um, what happened to entrepreneurship? Like, when did that bug get, get you? Oh, this started happening right around the time I got my first shoe. So I, I got a Mikey Taylor signature shoe with a company called DVS. And it was the first time where I had to go from basically concept or come up with a design for a shoe, work with the designers, see the samples, fine tune it until we felt like we had a good product and then figure out how to market it. And then, you know, the more shoes I was able to sell, the more money I was able to make. That was a, a that's when I got my first real taste. And from there, I was basically trying to do more than just be a skateboarder from that point on. Okay. Uh, it took a while to get there, though. Um, I originally started to try to have like a dual role inside of the companies that were sponsoring me. So I'd be a you know pro skateboarder for them, but I'd also be involved in maybe product design and you know maybe the marketing of the team. And it just wasn't the right role for me. And that is what ended up driving me into starting my first business, which was uh, a company called Saint Archer, Saint Archer Brewery in San Diego. Wow. And that's took off for you. The entrepreneur side of you woke up. That's right. And it, yeah, the, fir the first company we did, uh, we opened doors in 2012. And it was one of those companies, which is not normal. It was kind of a unicorn uh, uh, type of situation where we opened doors and, and it just, it, it was a vertical rocket ship. And there was so much demand for it that our whole challenge was how do we grow to meet demand, which is not the normal case. Yeah. Wow, that's got to the unicorn. Um, we uh, Danny Morell's entry was amazing. You guys have made questions. Like he talked about the, the mind, right? The mindset is a key to success. Tell me your, your, your take on that. How important is the mind when it comes to life? Yeah, it, it uh, well, it's everything, right? It, you know, it's it it pertains to our enjoyment. Uh, it pertains to our goals. It you know pertains to everything. Uh, for, for business, it's interesting. It's, it's like, you know, you see some of these guys who build these huge companies and you meet them and realize that they don't necessarily possess any additional skill that you lack. Like, you know, your abilities seems to be on the same playing field, but why are they able to go so much further than you? And a lot of that is, is simply the belief that it was possible. And so, you know, you, you start to learn that, that your ceilings are, where you set them ultimately. And once you kind of figure that out, it starts getting fun because then you can start basically pushing yourself to a higher belief of what's possible. And then it's fascinating watching your body just start to do things that you wouldn't think it could do. And so it's fun, but it's something you always wrestle with. It's like, you know, when, when I started my first business, we had to, we didn't have enough money to start it. We had to raise money to do it. And back then we raised two and a half million dollars. And at that point, I wasn't sure if we could do it or not. That sounded crazy money. And, you know, now I have a new limit on what I think is crazy. You know, you asked me to raise 10 million bucks. I think that's pretty doable and, and pretty easy. You asked me to raise 50. I start going, dang, that's tough. You asked me to do, you know, 250 million. Mil yeah, yeah. Then you're like, I don't think that's possible. But yeah. why is it just because I, I, I now need to work on pushing my own yeah. ceiling a little bit higher, it's, that's usually the case. 
So it's like muscles, right? When, when you take five, you know, five pounds, you start with the five and then 10 and then 15. Like to say, man, I can never do the 100 pound dumbbell right there. Right now you can't, but you have to exercise and build up to it. I remember you guys' podcast. I keep referring to that podcast. It's my favorite. I have a team, real estate team that um, I lead. I put that podcast on for them all the time because the the mindset thing was amazing. So I think you guys were talking about how the mind is also like a, like a rubber band. Mm-hmm. So I want to earn $100,000 a year. There's some people that earn that in six, six months. Some earn that in a month. Some earn that in a week. Some earn that in a day. You have to exercise that money uh, psychology, right? And stretch it, stretch it, stretch it. Um, because like you said, what's what? same thing I had. Like I had this thing where years ago, like, oh, to make six figures is so hard. And once you do it, like, okay, not that bad. Yeah. That's hard. yeah. Um, have you seen Have you seen kind of the graphs that people will do where they reverse engineer the amount of money you want to make? If you need to make a million, this is what you need to make per month, per day, per and when you start looking at it through like more bite-sized approaches, uh, it all of a sudden starts feeling like it's doable. Yeah. And that's the kicker. You, you, you just have to feel like it's doable and then everything follows. That's it. Um, do you believe in law of attraction? Do you use it? You know? uh, yeah, of course. I think, yeah, uh, yeah so hundred percent. Yeah. You know, what you think about, what you, what you write about, what you talk about, right? Yeah. Uh, to see something and to see it manifest in your reality, right? I mean, good and bad. Right. Good yeah, and bad. I would say there, there's the, I, the reason why I, hesit- I was a little hesitant when I responded it, there at the core of it, yes. But people yes. people will take it and, and stretch it out to be something almost like magic or no. or they go, they take it a little bit too far. So I agree with you. What, what, what I would say is like, you know, if I if I'm if I'm going to the store, and I want to, you know, park up front. I don't think me thinking about a parking spot up front is magical. You can pull somebody no. else. That, I, that, that I'm not with. No, but, I do. Uh, I believe that our thoughts and, and what we think about produce action. And so if, if you're putting yourself in a situation where your time and energy is being consumed by something, then you're naturally going to drive in that direction. And then in that direction, you're going to start seeing a result whether it's good or bad, yes. you know, you, if, if you're struggling with anxiety and, and, and a lot of fear and you're obsessing with that, then that's what that's, that's going to surround you and consume you. Yeah. And the result that you're going to see because of it is not going to be a benefit. It's going to be negative, but that, you know, the opposite is, is true as well. Like if you're focusing on, uh, I don't know, you're this focusing on building a business, you have your goal, right? That's all you're thinking about 24 seven. And, you know, as you focus on that, all these things start coming into play only because you're actually taking steps forward and opening doors and having conversations that are then creating option and opportunity for yourself. Yeah. The biggest the secret, that's the book, that's the movie that came out. The biggest thing that they, they missed, and they should make a part two to that, what I think is a law of action. Mm. right because like you said law of attraction one thing you have in your mind you think about it visualize it but to take action i think they take one two steps i think god or whatever you believe the universe will yeah. meet you halfway but you right. have to take the step in right. that direction i agree with that's you right. that's right um you you're, you're you're married you have a beautiful family thank you okay you got married well how old how old were you when you got married i got married when i was 28 okay. and then we had our first child when i was 30 Okay, that's young. That's pretty yeah. good. 
Yeah. I got married. Our skater is really young, yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially you in the limelight. I personally think I'm I'm a I personally think I, a woman is really important in a man's life. The right woman could take you far, the wrong woman could take you back, right? Right, right. What's your thoughts about that? How do you think your marriage, your wife helped you stay stable and humble and, and focused? Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, what what's the what's the What's the famous phrase? Behind every great man is a great woman. Is that what yes, it is? Yes. Um, yeah, it's 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 a hundred percent true. It's uh, you know, for for me that at least what I was looking for in a wife, and and I think this is this is where you can go, you can do good or do bad, right? Uh, I wanted more than just somebody who I was attracted to, and I think like that is where we end up starting to get in trouble when we base a whole relationship only on physical attraction. I think physical attraction is important. It just can't be the entirety of it. Mm. Uh, I wanted one, somebody I was attracted to. I wanted somebody who I trusted. I wanted somebody who challenged me. I wanted somebody who was going to be a good mom. I, I wanted the complete package so that when I looked at, you know, my marriage or the relationship between, you know, me as a father or my wife as a mother, that we were going to be in a position to make a great impact over our children and ultimately leave them into a direction where they can succeed in life as well. Uh, it, it's incredibly important. It doesn't mean it doesn't come without challenge. I think that's that's kind of the big part of it as you start talking about relationships. Like my wife and I, we have different personalities and we have different ways of communicating love and support for each other. And we have frustrations and we're people. And so, you know, what I would say in that regard is, uh, you have to put in a lot of work if you want a marriage to succeed. Uh, you know, w w my wife and I are big believers in going to counseling and, you know, scheduling time for one another. And, and we are committed to putting in the work to get past situations that are uncomfortable and ultimately kind of suck in the moment. Yeah. And because of that, we've been blessed by it. We've, we've had a, a great 13 years of being married and being married and it's, it's getting better, but the challenges are still there, if that makes sense. They always going to be there, right? That's just part of the process, right? Right. You're what, 40, you're 40 years old? 40, yeah. Okay, same age as me. I'm 41. Um, how many kids do you have? We have four now. Wow, God bless you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how do you manage that, man? Like, you're you're, you're, you're killing in the entrepreneurial game. You're all over the media, uh, social media. Your social media is amazing, by the way. Thank you. Like, you're a good husband, I can tell, good father. How do you do that? Oh, it's a lot of work. It's hard. Um for me, you know, it, and there's going to be people that listen to this that have a hard time with it. I get it because I would have had a hard time with this too when I was younger. Um, I have to schedule time out and I, I need to be really mindful with my time. So like, you know, my wife and I, you know, for a while, it was just, we had one standing date night a week. And, you know, we, I, you know, my, my wife or myself lined up a sitter and that night we would go and connect. And now as life gets busier, we have to kind of do more of those things. Whether it's like, you know, one day a week, we wake up together before the kids and we spend time, you know, in the morning. And then one day a week, we do a lunch and we're, we're really kind of being mindful of having to uh, force that time. And, you know, I, I would have heard that back in the day, like, you're, you're scheduling out your time and you're treating it like a business, but look, to. it's a, I'm making it a priority. And we're making you sure it fits to. in the schedule. Yeah. So that would be one, two, uh, when I'm with the kids, I'm, and this is a challenge for me. This part doesn't come natural is giving my kids and my wife my full attention. So no phone, no business. It's just time with them. 
And you know what we're working on right now is from six to eight. That's the window. So I get home. We have dinner together. We do it over the table. We have conversation. Uh, you know, lately we've been doing like game nights. So we pull out a board game, just trying to spend time with them and enjoy them without distraction. Yeah, that's that's so sweet. That's good, man. Six to eight of the time, the family time. How do you put your phone away, dude? Like you're so busy, like deals all over the place. It's hard. It's, uh, that's the part that, that it, it's it's difficult to do. And, and yeah. uh, I think that's one of those elements where I'm just, I I force it because my natural instinct, which I don't always think is your best in, instinct, but my natural instinct is to be consumed with what I'm, I'm doing. And, you know, as, as a business and, you know, you add the element of providing and all of these things. And there's a lot of people relying on you and things happening. It's, it's easy to fall into, I need to make that thing happen 24 seven or, or even just thinking about it without the phone. Um, I, I had to force that. I had to learn how to just say, you know, whether it's to the team, you're not getting a hold of me from this time. Uh, you know, having a discipline of walking and putting my phone down, not checking it. That was a discipline that had to be created. It's, it, you, you know, you talked about muscles. It's starting the workout process and, and building a strength out of it. And having a, a great assistant. Shout out to Tawny. I mean, she's, she's yeah. great, man. Good yeah. girl. She's, she's really good. Yeah. You know, so you have to have an assistant. Um, uh, before I let you go, man, like, talk to me about your daily habits, daily routine. Some entrepreneurs are all over the place, right? I'm learning more and more as I talk to entrepreneurs They say, KB, don't go for this. Everyone has to wake up 5 a.m. No, some people wake up 8. Some people wake up 1 p.m. and they work till 2 a.m. in different country zones and different. Mm-hmm. What's your routine? Yeah, uh, and you're right, by the way. Like there's no one size fits all. That's the beauty of this. Um, I typically wake up between 6 or 7. Uh, right now I wake up and spend some time with my youngest. She's 10 months and she's typically the one up early. So I'll spend about an hour with her feeding her. She's been doing like a bath in the morning, just spending time with them. But I usually leave the house before the rest of my kids wake up. And then I'm into the office. I'm typically in the office around, I don't know, seven 38. And I'm here till about five. Uh, and then from there, if I don't have anything with the city, no city council or anything like that, I'm home, we have dinner. Uh, we do some type of game night and then we start working at putting the kids down and then I'm typically asleep. That's the normal cycle. And then, you know, time with my wife is then woven in and out. But one discipline that I started creating, which is new for me, Saturdays and Sundays, I don't work. I, I'm not working Saturday and Sundays. It, it, for for me, it's, it's given to the family. I'm spending all Saturday, all Sunday with them. And Sunday is turning into a like phone down day. And so that's, that's been really helpful for me. Um, and then, you know, when I have city council meetings, you know, instead of getting home at five, I'm getting home at nine, 10. If there's anything out of the normal block, whether it's, you know, a, an event with work or something, I'm home a little bit later. But the consistent flow is a little bit of time with the kids in the morning, in the office, basically all day, and then time with them at night. That's wow. So my listeners, my viewers listening to this, like, you know, he said the weekend he takes for the family. You do what works for you, but I don't. I don't recommend. You know, it's just this word grind. You hear it a lot. I'm grinding. I'm grinding, twenty four seven grinding. It's a very dangerous way to uh, to live for some. You know, if it works for you, great. But you know, family comes at a cost. And I a good good Mike, good information you gave to us. Thank you for sharing that. You know what I'll add to it. it I, I think the you got to be you got to be pretty uh, on par with what your goals are, right? Like. 
If you have a goal to build something, whether that goal is financially based or business based, you want to build something and you want to build it large and you want to do it quick. Uh, you're, you're, the amount of time that you dedicate towards that is going to look very different than the person who wants to build something over the next 20 years and a little bit slower, right? If you want to get there quick, you're going to be working your you're, you're going to be working 24 seven. It's going to be 80 hour weeks. You're going to sacrifice basically everything to accomplish that. And if that's your goal, then that's what you're doing. Usually that's done when you're young, right? Uh, for me, I'm now moving into a stage where I have kids and I, I, I do want that balance. And so I'm not willing to put in 20 or uh, put, put in 80 hours anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm now getting good at, at maximizing my time. Uh, and then there's the even slower approach. Like if you want to, you know, let's say retire and be, you know, financially independent by 65 or be a millionaire by 65, well, you're going to have a much nicer work life balance, at least on the life part. So it's, it's all dependent on what you want, but oh when you're young, this is the time to grind. Like, you know, when, when I was young, I skated 24 seven, I never missed a day. That's all I did. And there was a lot of sacrifice that went into that. And I was ultimately trying to position myself to a point where then I could build upon that. So, it, you know, be clear with what you're doing, understand what sacrifices are going to come by doing so, and then go after it. Mike, you said something really, really important. I'm going to re recap quickly for my viewers and listeners. Um, the 20s. 20s is a time, ladies and gentlemen, that I recommend from based on my, I'm 41, he's 40 years old, both entrepreneurs and families and kids. Uh, something different between me and Mikey that Mikey busted his butt in 20s. I busted my butt, but I partied quite a bit. And I, you know, that's one regret I have because, you know, I, I just feel like a lot of time was wasted. Right. And for those that want to party and, and be out there at nightclub, guys, do it for one year, get out of your system. And after that, if you will have big goals, if you want to be the next Mikey Taylor, or Danny Morell, Patrick but David, or Ed Milet, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the people that the juggernauts of the entrepreneurial world, if you want to follow their footsteps, like 20 should be sent, spent in investing in yourself, self development, and grinding. As you get older and older, you, you you ease you know the pedal. And then second point Mikey made, I totally agree with. Be more productive, be smarter as as versus as versus working harder. Right. Just because you put twelve hours on 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 the on the thing doesn't mean that you, you work really hard. You do that same thing maybe three four hours five hours and you know incre increment, and and knock it out. Right. right. That's right. Um, Mikey had a question. I just just lost it quickly. I'm just thinking about it quickly. Okay. So do you do, do you offer a coaching? I don't do any coaching. Um, our businesses, uh, we're in the private equity world. So how we make money, we basically bring on investors to, you know, manage their dollars that go into, uh, either apartment buildings or storage units. That's, that's how we, and that's how our business makes money. So break it all down. All the content, all the content that we do is just kind of meant to just add value to people. Make break it down for me. Imagine if I was I, I'm five years old I'm, and I have no idea what private equity is. Okay, what is exactly private equity? Okay, so you have public you have, you have things that you could invest in that everybody has access to, like the stock market, right? Anybody can open a brokerage account and put dollars in. You have private offerings that are more exclusive; they're not available to everybody. Uh, and you know, it's typically groups like mine that go out and raise money from a bunch of individuals. And then we use that total collective dollar to either put it in, you know, for my company, it's commercial real estate, a venture capital firm. They'd be taking investor dollars to put into startups. 
a crypto fund, maybe taking investor dollars, putting the coins, et cetera. So, you know, how that works, if you want to invest in something, you're going to make the decision if you want to be an active investor or a passive investor. An active investor means you are doing the work day to day. You're finding the deal, you're managing it, you're financing it, et cetera. But a lot of investors who want to be passive investors want to make money without doing the work. And so for our company, we go out to those investors, we tell them about what we're investing in. And if they want to do it or it's a good fit, they then give us money. We put that money into, let's say, an apartment building. And then as that building starts producing revenue, we pay our expenses, we pay our debt, and then we pay a return to the investor. And then our company gets to participate in that. So our revenue comes from a participation in profits. And then we have a management fee as well. That, in a nutshell, that's what private equity is. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that could be in any different asset class. You know, yeah. if it's venture capital, it's the same structure. You're just investing in business. Dude, this is a, you're a skater talking about private equity. That's just, that's insane, dude. That's <laughs> funny. You know, I know what I mean? Think yeah. about that. You know, yeah. and that's the beauty of this country. God bless America. You, I mean, that is that whole world now in the past, a skating world, and that you know that. Are you done with that whole thing, or? Um, I, I'm not involved anymore. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of friends still in the skate industry. I know a lot of the business owners, so I see them and talk to them. But you know, I, I'll I'll run into people and they'll they'll say like, dude. I see what you're doing on social. I have no clue what you're talking about. I don't know what you do, but it looks like you're you're enjoying it. You know, so it's a, private equity is a different world for skateboarder for skate, skateboarding. But I'm starting to meet a lot of people in commercial real estate and venture that are skaters, not professional, but we're skaters. So you're starting to see the crossover happen. It's just not at scale yet. That's awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. You do keynotes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Awesome. I'm thinking yeah. about throwing a mastermind soon. I'll give you a call. We should talk about it. Yeah, please do. Thank you. Yeah. all there. Um, Mikey, where can we find you? Uh, you can just search my name on any of the platforms. Mikey Taylor, uh, I'm going to pop up. Uh, if you're interested in our company, it's Commune Capital uh, on all the platforms or communecapital.com. I put, I put in the description, uh, Mikey, Thank God you. bless you, man. Good work, dude. You're doing a good job out there. Thank you for you know providing your time today. I know you're super busy. It meant the world to me. I, I DM'd you the other night, and it was such a pleasant experience, and your, your system is amazing. So good work, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, buddy, we'll see you around. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Thank you, man.